Um, now we've been continuing to talk about, um, I guess, the reality that the greatest problem in the church today, I think, uh, it's always the greatest problem in the church always, and including the Old Testament church, if you're okay with using that term, is that man can continue to, can, can believe in God, can read about God, can learn and do things and try to be spiritual without the Spirit of God. And that's, that I think is the, really the heart of what false religion is. It's, it's man trying to be spiritual without the Spirit. <coughs> And that is, I think, called in Scripture, uh, or at least in the, in the New Testament, it's called an apostasy. It, it's called a falling away. And um, in the last couple of weeks, I think, we've been talking about how the only way to resolve that problem is to develop in our hearts a deep and real and always growing familiarity with the Spirit of God. That's, that's the answer. The problem is that we've left the Spirit of God, um, that we don't know the Spirit of God, that we live in the flesh, generally speaking, uh, unbelievers and, and, and many believers too, live, live in the nature that, that can't know things that are spiritual, doesn't understand them, can never produce them, and, and yet, um, for some reason or another, finds religion beneficial or tries to make religion beneficial to their natural state or their natural man. And so the, the solution to that problem is clearly is the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God, uh, our, our relationship with the Spirit of God or the work of the Spirit of God has to be something that we become intimately and deeply and increasingly familiar with or or nothing changes you know the natural man goes on being natural he he goes on being the exact same thing he's always ever been he, he's always always been a, a soul <laughs> surrounded by a, a body that seeks its its purposes and pleasures in the outward creation that's just what man is that's what man does apart from the spirit of god and and the spirit of God comes and tries to rescue man from that position and from that place and from that experience and um, and many of us I would say most people never really grow in a, a an actual inward familiarity closeness a, a real growing constraining heart-changing experience of that spirit. And so we've been talking, I think one week we talked about just kind of the importance of familiarity with the spirit. And, and then last week we started talking about how to stay, or some, some thoughts about how to stay close to the spirit and how we have such a tendency to be visited by the spirit and yet then to walk away. And not, not in our doctrine, we don't really, I mean, some people do, but that's not really what I'm talking about. We, we, we are ex touched by the Spirit, convicted by the Spirit, awakened by the Spirit, 
um, and then we we walk off or run off into um, our own actions, our own will, our own doctrines, our own intellectual concepts, whatever it is. But we leave the spirit behind, and, we, and nobody nobody says that they're doing that. I've never met anyone that said. Uh, I mean, maybe in retrospect, they've seen that they have done that, but. Nobody at the time of doing that actually thinks that they're leaving the spirit behind or walking away from the spirit of God. And, and yet that's exactly what we're doing. And, and so everything really depends. I mean, if, 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 absolutely everything in, in the Christian life depends on not doing that. It depends on growing in a, a real closeness and submission and experience with the spirit of god i hope you can i hope you can hear um that because that's how you for instance you know sometimes we say the cross is the is the most important thing but the only way you actually begin to experience the cross and 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 find the cross and 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 know what the cross is is by being led there by the spirit of god the spirit is first and foremost the 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 thing in in all real Christianity that has to be our our goal. You know, sometimes people hear uh, hear me say things like that, or, or hear or read things like that, and and they they say, well, you know, but that that sounds true, but I'm just not good at that. I'm not good at hearing the spirit, or I'm not good at following the spirit. And I just let me just say to you, of course you're not. That's nobody starts by being good at following the spirit or hearing the spirit. We we've all generally spent our whole lives ignoring the spirit and following our own spirit, following our own will. We, we've we've spent so much time justifying our own paths and ignoring and overlooking and doubting and and questioning or not even paying any attention to the ways that the spirit calls us and and convicts us, convicts us and tries to change us and and turn us and uh, we've we've carefully and obediently listened our whole lives to our own desires to our own fears to our own anger, to our own whatever it is. We listen carefully and we, 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 we ruminate on it and we, we think about it and we contemplate it and, and we obey it and we, and we follow it and we think it's telling us the truth. We've all done that. <clears throat> we've all listened to the flesh and to the enemy and we, we've made that kind of the main thing we do every day. And so to, to actually say, oh, no, you got to follow the spirit, Who's going to say, oh, yeah, I know what that is, or I know how that works, or I'm, I'm good at that too? No one is. No one's good at that. So if that's just like a, an objection that rises in your heart or, or, a, or a stumbling block or some kind of an obstacle, then please consider it so no longer. It's, it's, that's that's the, the, the experience of everybody. And just while I'm saying that too, if if... You know, because sometimes we talk about here quite a bit, actually, the, the necessity of following and obeying and listening to the convictions of the Spirit. And someone might say, well, I, you know, I don't feel convicted for, for very much. Well, of course not. Of course you don't. 
again, your whole life has been starting when you were two years old and you hit your little brother because he took your gum or something like that. You know, your whole life has been on a course where you have attempted to avoid your convictions, to justify your actions, to make excuses for what you did and how you are and and to, to say, oh, I'm not good at hearing, I don't feel convicted for the way I'm living or for the things that I'm doing, you know? Well, that's normal too at first. doesn't stay normal, but that's, that's normal uh, too. Um, I just remember, I remember when I started reading um, Friends books, Actually, I think this happened even long before I started reading friends' books. I would read certain authors from from long ago who would talk about um, feeling the Lord's leading in this way or that way. Or a lot of times, the I don't know if you guys have read this in some of the friends' books. They'll say like, "I was going to go here, but I felt a stop in my mind." And uh, I remember thinking, um, "How do you how do you get to feel a stop in your mind?" That sounds interesting. How do, how do I do that? I don't know how to feel a stop in my mind. But um, the thing is, you can't just... And this is, I guess, kind of what I feel I felt this morning to maybe talk about today. You can't just live your life in your own way predominantly all day long for your own reasons and then, and always having your own reasons for what you're doing and what you're thinking and what you're saying, you can't just be the Lord of your life, the Lord of your day. No, no one no one says that they're really the Lord of their life. Let's bring it down to a smaller, like a microcosm of, of our life. Let's just look at the next, like the, the first hour after this meeting, okay? We're all here, we're doing God stuff right now, religious stuff or whatever, okay? But let's just say, you know, after this meeting, we have we have some time. It's a day off of work for many people or whatever. Everyone wants to say that the Lord is the Lord of, the, of my life. I want the Lord to be the Lord of my life. But see, if you don't want the Lord to be the Lord of the hour after this meeting ends... That and then the next hour after that, and then this afternoon and this evening, then you're really, you're really not going to ever experience the Lord being the Lord of your life. You you can't just um, I don't know how to say this in a way I, I don't I don't at all want to um, like sound condemning or anything like that, but I I feel like as I was sitting there this morning, just kind of waiting on the Lord and thinking about what to share this morning, I kind of felt like there's a number of us here and maybe people that are listening online too that are still stuck kind of right here. We're still, we're still, um, we're, we believe true things. We love to hear true things. We really admire people that live um, in and for true things and we love you know we love the books and we it's it's, it's we love having a, a an understanding of christianity that is um so much bigger than just 
whatever, whatever we used to think, whatever we used to believe. But I feel like there's a, a number of us who just haven't yet come to the place where we're willing to stop living our lives and our wills and trying to, at times, bring God into them. I feel like that's become a real uh, hindrance for a lot of us. I mean, it just to be really practical, we wake up in the morning, alarm goes off, and our primary goal for the day is not really to live unto him today to live before him, to walk before him, to do everything carefully in him, to not do anything that makes our hearts depart from him, nothing that draws our minds and our hearts away from him, away from keeping in the light, away from keeping in the fear of the Lord, away from keeping in a place where our hearts are sensitive before him. Another way you could say it is that when we wake up in the morning and we look at our day, we're not careful to live in such a way that our outward life is always bowing before our inward life or always bending around to to make space and room for whatever the Lord is doing in our spiritual lives. And in, in contrast to that, actually, usually what happens is that our spiritual lives bend around our natural lives. We try to make our spiritual lives bow to our, our natural lives. That's what's, when we think about what's really important, what makes a day good, what makes a day... Um, productive or whatever, it's, it's not whether or not we've lived this day unto the Lord. It's not whether or not we've, we've um, gotten to the end of our day with a clear conscience and having tried to offer the Lord as much room in our heart to deal with us, to put to death in us what needs to die and, and to bring to life in us what needs to live. That's not it. That's not what made a day a good day or that's not what makes the day that's before us an exciting day. It's, it's the we still are alive to ourselves in terms of what we want, what the, the goal, the, the, the thing that, that is really real and important to us. And, and our spiritual lives are part of it, but they bend around our, our natural lives. Instead of having our natural lives bend around and bow to the life of God and our spirit. And, and, and you can do that for a long time and still you can love great books you can be you know you can love truth when you hear it it makes a sweet sound in your ears like the prophet says like the sound of a violin or whatever but they don't uh, there's this one prophet here where it is where he says like my words are like it's the sound of a charming violin but you won't do them you don't do them you just like the sound of them and uh and you can live like that. You can live like that for um, you, your whole life. You can easily do that where you're like, oh, that's so true. That's so good. Oh, that was perfectly said. That guy's life is amazing. That lady's life, I can't believe she's so dedicated. Man, that's so great. And, and yet you don't do it. You don't do it. You, you still have a life and a will 
and a plan and a goal and a whole set of desires and purposes that are not really laid down before the Lord. You, you, you know that it's right to lay everything down before the Lord. You know that's important. You know the verse that says, present yourself as a living sacrifice. You, you know all that. But, but, but to actually l- let the Lord teach you how to live that way to live in a way where where the the real main thing you're doing today like the main thing that today is about is about living before the Lord in every way inwardly and outwardly so that I can stay close to him and let him continue to do his work in my heart and again I don't I don't have any uh, I don't think I have any desires to put this on anyone it doesn't belong on. I don't know who's it, who it belongs on or whatever, but I just feel that some of us have got stuck that way and and and, and nothing is going to change. That's the thing that we should be afraid of because, uh, you know, a year will go by and, and we'll be here meeting or, or we won't or whatever, but the heart is going to be exactly the same. And we'll wonder why it's not working or it's not changing, but there's a real reason why it's not working or it's not changing. And I'm not, what I'm saying to, to give our lives to the Lord or surrender our hearts and our wills to the Lord, I'm not talking about going to Ecuador to you know, be stabbed in the jungle. Everyone wants to do something. When, when they get excited about the Lord, they want to do something like really amazing or really, I don't know, what's the word? Uh, radical. radical. Yeah, they want to do something really radical. But the most radical thing you can do is is make Jesus Christ the Lord of the next 10 minutes and then do it again after that. That's the most radical thing. And if he brings you into the jungle to get speared, well, that's maybe radical too, but that's a byproduct. That's, a, that's, that's not the real radical thing you can, you can do today. The real radical thing you can do right now today is to live before him. To let the Lord bring you to a place this afternoon where everything you do and say and want is set before him, placed before him, submitted unto him. To to come to a place where you've decided in your heart. Ask yourself this question, okay? Can you say honestly before the Lord, today... I won't do, I will do, I, I won't do anything against the truth. I am, I am established, I am set in my heart. I may make a mistake, I may, may need to ask for forgiveness, but, but what I want, what, I, what I'm set on doing today is to do nothing against the truth. That you'll, that you'll do nothing, that you'll say nothing, that you'll entertain no... Uh, no desires or no thoughts or plans that, that are going to actually bring your heart out of that careful place of submission. Submission, by the way, to, to the one I'm sure that everyone in this room and online calls their Lord and their Savior. How, how much is he your Lord? How much is he, is he is, are you letting him be the Lord of everything. To live today, 
I just, I like to bring it down. I, I really like to bring it down to just, again, just like an hour, okay, or two hours or one afternoon. Because again, if you're not, if, if he's not the Lord of your afternoon, he's, you can't, you're not going experience, to experience him to be the Lord of your life. Everybody says that. Every, I've done it too. Everyone says, I want to be the Lord of my life or, or I accepted him as the Lord of my life. Okay, that's a great place to start. But what about being the Lord of your afternoon today? Are you willing to, to live inside? See, I see Jesus to me, in one way of speaking, is like a circle of light. And what I mean by that, I don't mean that he looks like a circle of light. I mean that he kind of projects a circle of light. Kind of like if you're in the middle of the woods and, and it's pitch dark and you're around a campfire and there's a certain circle of light that you can see. And inside that light, you can see what you're doing. You can see what's around you. But if you go outside that light, then you stop being able to see and you have to start using your imagination and you walk into the darkness. And inside that light, if, you, if you're careful to stay in that light, you can feel what's true or you at least are, are, are trying to feel and walk according to what's true. Are, are you, so the question is, are, are we willing to live today in a way that we stay inside that circle of light and, and to be carefully watchful? And I don't mean, well, to be carefully watchful for all of the different ways and all of the different things that are always trying to bring our hearts outside of it. I mean the things that bring you, now listen, I, I, mean, I mean the little daily things, conversations, relationships, activities, thoughts that you follow, things that you do, anything that might take your heart out of that place where you can see what's real, a little bit at least, or know what's real and true and bring you into a, a state of more dullness or numbness or carelessness, or self being self-consumed, or obeying the voice of your own desires, or obeying the voice of your own insecurities, where, where you get out of that circle so that you can feel a little bit more free in your flesh, have a little bit more liberty to live in your own kind of wild, independent, fun false free, false freedom state. I just, I felt it in my heart this morning to say to us that if we're, if that's really what we, if we're okay with that, if we're okay with letting life regularly bring us out of that place where we're reaching and feeling after the Lord. I'm not saying you have to constantly feel his presence or you have to constantly have clear discernment or perspective, but, but to bring you out of a place where at least it feels like you're reaching that direction, leaning that direction, trying to have your natural life bend around your spiritual life. And I, I just honestly have come to, to see and to really believe that Years are going to pass and not much is going to really change in your heart. The, the scriptures speak of Christianity as being something that is a continual not living for ourselves. A couple of verses come to mind like um, 
2 Corinthians uh, 5. For the love of God compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. We judge thus that I have, I have no life apart from him, the one who lives in me. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again in um, Colossians 3. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That is to say, do all in the life, in the nature in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do all unto him, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The Lord, I think, makes us, and that's kind of what what a covenant is. A covenant covenant is a way to walk with God. It's a a specific relationship. It's a relationship that that allows man to, to, to walk with him. The old covenant was uh, a relationship. It was a specific relationship with defined boundaries. And if you went outside those boundaries of the covenant, there was there was always, it was kind of like a circle. If you go outside of that, if you break the covenant and go outside of the boundaries of the covenant, there was always death on the outside of that covenant. <clears throat> so when you, when you broke the covenant, you know, in some pictures, the ground swallows you up. In another picture, you get leprosy. In another picture, you know, the, the Amorites come and do this. In another picture, serpents are biting you. That's that's what you're supposed to see when when you go. There's a there's a place that God has prepared for you to walk. It's safe to walk in there. It's safe to submit yourself to His living law. In, in the old covenant, it was outward laws and 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 and, and things that pointed to spiritual life and light. But still, the, the the pictures are are outward so that we can understand them and turn inward. And, and what you see in all of those pictures is that whenever Israel went outside of the place that God gave them to walk, outside of that circle, that boundary, where, where they were submitted to his law, submitted to his nature, submitted to his priesthood, submitted to all these, these ways that their hearts and their lives and their cleanliness and everything about them had to be submitted. Whenever they went out of there, they, they, they experienced death. <laughs> And, and yet, whenever they were careful to stay in it, they experienced all of the benefits. They didn't have to produce any of the benefits of the covenant, but they were all there. They experienced cleanness. They experienced uh, freedom from their sicknesses. They experienced, I, I will not put upon you, if you walk with me, I will not put upon you any of the diseases that you saw in Egypt. When, uh, when they walked with God, they learned how to draw near to God how to worship God, how to experience his presence. He fought all of their battles. He brought them into the place he was leading them into. All they had to do was stay in the, stay in the circle. He was leading them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He was bringing them into a place where he was overcoming all of their en- enemies. He was expanding his kingdom. He was teaching his law. And how, what was Israel's role in all of that? To stay, to stay in the circle submitted under the covenant walking in in the covenant well that's that's the fulfillment of that is a new covenant which is light 
and to walk in the light as he is in the light. That's where we experience the benefits of the covenant. If we go outside of the boundaries of that light, if we are not careful to be watchful and to stay within the boundaries of that light, then we, we can't, ex- at the ground probably won't open up and swallow you and serpents, fiery serpents probably won't bite your ankles and the Amorites probably aren't going to bother you either. But you are going to experience the death and the separation and the darkness and the nothingness and the lack of change and the lack of direction and losing your guide and not being led into a promised land and not experiencing victory over your, over your enemies. And all of that is, is because we're st- we still have a life that we want to li- live for ourselves outside of that circle. And the Lord is so good. I know, like I said in the beginning, it's hard to feel the boundaries of that circle at first. It's, it's very hard because we're, we, we've transgressed and we've trespassed the, the boundaries so many times. We, we've lost where they are. We've lost the marking places. We've picked up the rock that marked the, like, the boundary and we've thrown it another 100 yards further and further until we don't even know where to put it back. And that's, that's the condition of, of most of us when we start this journey. But if we're, if we're willing to turn back to him and come under him and let him, let that light be the boundaries of what we're doing and what our days are about and what our hours are about and to live before him all the time, to do everything Nothing apart from him. There's a lot of things you can do in that circle that aren't just going to meetings like this. There's a whole lot of ways that the Lord, he he is kind and good and knows that we have natural bodies and natural needs. But if the things that we do in our life, if we can feel that the things we do or the things we love or the things we choose are bringing us out of that place where our hearts are living in, in careful submission and surrender to him, then, friends, we, just, we need to understand that that's, that's not going to bring us to any, anywhere good. If, if we have ways of living that we've established in our lives, where it's a very normal thing for us to completely lose thoughts of the Lord, a heart turned to the Lord, a life submitted to the Lord, the, lose the fear of the Lord, the consciousness of the presence of the Lord, then I think it's wise to reevaluate those things. You, you should be able to do your job, for instance, unto the Lord. Paul said that slaves, even slaves, could serve their masters unto the Lord, not, not fearing man, but fearing God, pleasing God and all they did in a condition of slavery. That's, a, that's quite a statement. We also should be able to do our, our jobs because having a job shouldn't, shouldn't bring you out of that place. But if there are certain aspects of <clears throat> jobs or certain things that a job might let me just put it this way. If you relate with your job in a way that always brings you out of that place, then I think it's wise to reevaluate your job. If you have relationships, you, you shouldn't 
God is not trying to cut you off from relationships, but if you have relationships that always continually bring you out of a place where you feel like you can live in those relationships unto the Lord and those relationships can be part of what you're doing unto him, before him, to him. Um, if that's if that's not the case, then I think it's right and wise to allow the Lord to help to help you evaluate those relationships. What are they? If if what they do is continually draw you, your heart into a state of numbness and deadness and coldness, forgetfulness of God. You can have uh, free time, but again, what? I, I'm just trying to say, and, and and without trying to get into a whole lot of specifics, and maybe people can we can talk about this uh, in the time of discussion afterwards. But nothing of our thoughts, nothing of our lives, nothing of what we do or we give ourselves to should be given the the right or the ability to take our hearts away from that careful place of walking before him. No longer living for ourselves, but living unto him.